Remember that song? You remember that song? What is it? Wishing well. And a last splash. I don't know what she says. Cannonball's the song. Who's the band? Well, they used to play it all the time on 99X. Notice I say they because I had no control over the playlist. So it was yeah. it was just scheduled nonstop. The Breeders, Breeders, maybe not The Cannonball. I think that's the song. I didn't look it up. It came Does to anyone mind. know the words to that song? Except for them? Maybe the one time she goes, Cannonball. A lot of those songs I just blocked from my brain. Yeah. When Jay Heron, who was the music director at 99X, who got the axe when Cumulus came in because... We don't see the value in him, even though he was very valuable and had mm-hmm. good musical tastes and hosted Sunday school, you know, whatever. We've got our people. We know how to program a rock station, and it's not to this man's tastes. Yeah. Anyway, his last day at the station, he had sent me an email and asked me to play a certain song, and I didn't see the email. Okay. So, you know, at, at 11.59, the last song of my shift, he wanted me to play a song for him, and I didn't, I didn't see this email. And I needed to fill some time when 11.59 came, so I picked a song, and mm-hmm. I chose Oasis, Don't Look Back in Anger, because I like that song. And it turns yeah. out, it turns out, I saw his email the next day, that's the song he wanted me to play. <gasps> wow! So, and he wrote me again, he said, thank you so much for doing that. I, I had no clue. It was just coincidence. Wow. The, the universe synced up. It really did. And you looked like a, the universe was like, threw you a, a bone. Here you go, buddy. I definitely would have played it if I had seen it for him because I like yeah. Jay. Jay lives in New York now, and we did one of those things probably at this point two years ago. Hey, how's it going? Let's meet up soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it'll be great <laughs> to catch up. And then the years fly by. Do you look back in anger about not meeting up? <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. This week, the continuing saga of Autumn's life comes to an end. <laughs> Just kidding. It comes to an end. Okay. Phew. After a, a, a stream of shows. Yeah. Which I, I have to say, people enjoyed them. I look at the numbers, so I, I don't look at them so often because... I just get angry and I say, these numbers suck. Yeah, even if they're decent, you're like, ah, should be more. My self-worth is tied to those numbers. I don't look at them often, but I have to say that some of those shows, look, people like to hear about the, the gossip. To them, it's gossip. To you, it's your life. <laughs> sure. And, and yeah. shit you're going through. Yeah, my pain is content. <laughs> to them, you're just a symbol of, glad that's not me. Well, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on the listeners so much and say that they delight in no, I uh, know, our pain. I don't I I don't really think they delight and I didn't mean that <laughs> comment. I just, I meant that a lot of people could relate to aspects yeah. of it if not all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's appealing. And there still is a little bit of a car crash train wreck type of thing tied to it. Oh, totally. That people in- I got a letter, I got a little card from uh Jerry Fuxi. And uh, it was really sweet. It had like a pig on it on the front that was cute. <laughs> and it was something about like some little wordplay inside. And they're just like, hang in there. You know, it was really nice. So thanks, Jerry. If you listen to this, I don't know. I think sometimes he listens. Yeah. I think he's got uh, specific tastes. Sometimes we go mm-hmm. to territories where he's like, I'm not going to listen to that sissy yeah. shit. <laughs> I have no time for this. <laughs> I know. You and Jerry used to be enemies. No, we were never enemies. Oh, there was a fight. No, there was one time he said something about me being entitled. Yeah. And uh, I just wrote a, a response, and it wasn't nasty. And I said, I'm many things, but I'm not entitled, which I'm not. I don't, I don't feel as though I'm entitled at all. I don't think that the world owes me a thing. Right. I don't approach it that way. You know, I don't, I take care of myself. But there is that aspect of your personality that because you are concerned about how you affect others 
you expect others to be just as consumed with that idea as you are. That's not entitlement. Which then turns I'm, around into like you being important, seeming important. You ex- know? Ex- other, expecting others, wanting others, whatever the hell it is that I do, expecting others to think about their presence and how it affects people. <laughs> is I don't think that's yeah. too much of an ask. It's not, but I'm just saying I can see how someone would look at that, look at you and not understand that you expect the same of yourself that you expect of others I mean, around you. To get back to what you're saying, though, I posted that and, and yeah. you know, he read it and accepted it. Yeah, because yeah. he's a really cool dude. Yeah, I like I really Jerry. Like Me too. And that was nice because people think that they know you. I know that we put a lot of our stuff out there. And people know us to an extent, but it's still somewhat focused. Mm-hmm. People don't know how I act in my daily life other than stories I tell. But quite often the stories that I tell are stories worth telling right? in this medium. Sometimes I, it's a very boring life. You know, things don't happen. Just normal. <laughs> Sit on the couch, go to the grocery store, buy some toilet paper. Yeah. Nothing happens. It's fine. That's the way life goes. Uh, but you know, you, you present a part and you focus it a bit and like, all right, mm-hmm. this is the vehicle that I'm using. And my vehicle is the neurosis and half misery. I don't talk about the hopeful part as much because I find that to be maybe boring for people to listen to. Oh, I the- think, uh, your hopefulness comes through in conversation. Well, good. That's the way it needs to come through. Yeah. But some people I don't think pick up on it and they have this idea of who I am. Yeah. And the same. Well, for and anyone. that's really perpetuated through the radio show. <laughs> He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And those are aspects. I'm, you know, there's contrast and somewhat a, a, of a paradox in the sense that, yes, I am a misanthrope and have a dark heart, but there's a complete opposite side of that, too. Yeah. I feel like I'm an empathetic person who has a too sensitive of a heart. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, maybe there's no there's no middle, and that's still interesting in its own right. But right, it's a it's a very extreme thing. And I, you know, to get back what I was saying about you and us and what we present on the show, and sometimes maybe it is kind of a train wreck. People like that kind of thing, and this can lead into our topic, which is your topic. And I'm not sure why you want to talk about this as a topic, but uh, murder. You want to talk about murder? I want to talk about murder. I don't know what the motivation for this is i don't either it really just popped into my brain when i when i was like what are we gonna talk about murder and then it was like yeah sure i guess because <laughs> and then you you asked uh you, you present you asked another topic which was what was the other one rejection oh, but i know that's, rejection that's that's too much for you right now i had <laughs> stories too and yeah. i mean rejection yeah. is a big thing in my life that i have avoided and even right now, looking for a new apartment, New York City is disgusting because COVID oh, is yeah. lightening up and a lot of people have the vaccines and they feel safer and the housing market is ridiculous. And I've been rejected several times, submitting applications yeah. with plenty of income. And each time like, you're in the top and then nope, gave it to someone else. Like, what the hell is going on? Oh, did they tell you why? No, they don't know why. The landlords okay. at that point make the decision. Who knows? Probably oh, because yeah, I just knows? took out that car loan. Like, ah, oh, that's too much of a risk. Oh, okay. <laughs> even though even though they can see I have enough money that if I lost my job I could pay them for the year. And right. they could get their they could get their fucking cash, but no, 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 no. And they don't this is what's interesting to me. They don't even talk to the people. Like quite often once a landlord had an interview. But for the most part, they don't even they just look at you and your numbers and words on paper. And you could yeah. be an asshole, you could be a jerk, you could be a person who is entitled, who bothers the landlord. They don't think about this stuff. They just look, and whoever is making the most money, I assume, is like that's the person because they'll. Or maybe be they just like the name. You know what I mean? It could be that, but it, it's yeah. pretty insane. If I were a landlord, I would want to know. I mean, it depends. If you're a company, then you don't give a shit because you have a lot of buildings. But a lot of times, it's a person who owns a building. I grew up in this building, and they still have it. And there's four apartments. I would assume you want to talk to the people who could possibly be bothering you and in your life. Yeah. So anyway, the rejection was the other topic. And, you know, I guess you've had your rejection and you don't want to talk about it. You're like, no, murder, murder. I want to talk about murder. Well, only because I like you started this episode, how it was, you know, another tale of autumn's (laughs) like 
I don't want I just don't want to go into that this week. We can definitely talk about rejection and it can be all aspects of rejection, not just my own personal like feelings about it at this moment. It can be lots of things, but I just wanted to talk about something a little lighter, yeah. like murder. Yeah, a little lighter, but I, I was going to tie it in. People like murder. They are drawn to shitty things in other people's lives. That's one aspect of it. It does mm-hmm. interest well, me. Well, all that murder, like, I call it murder porn, but, you know, it's all of that, you know, all those podcasts about murders and, you know, <laughs> there, there's, of course, like murder in entertainment but as far as far like fiction you know that people are into like dramas and things but then so many people are so into those podcasts about murders because it makes you well it makes you feel you're you're far enough away from the murder some people like looking at the actual gore like if there are pictures online of uh, someone who's been beheaded or gored. I have zero interest in looking at those. And I yeah. feel as though a lot of people probably don't want to look at those things. Then there's the set of people who will look at those things. And that isn't necessarily wrong. There is a pull to do that also. Yeah. What is that draw? Because I, you know, anytime, you know, you're on like TikTok or Instagram or something, and then the screen is sort of blacked out and it's like sensitive content. Do you want to reveal it? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to see it. And then sometimes I regret clicking it. It's like, well, they warned me. But it's that imp of the perverse, you know, like that little, you know, little demon inside you that says to jump when you're close to the edge of a cliff. It's the same thing as like, yeah, I want to I want to like I want to see this thing that might scare me. Does it make people feel something? I mean, it, it could be a, an array of things. It doesn't have to be one thing, but I think it pulls out some kind of feeling it's the same thing similar reasons people are drawn to roller coasters i know that seems like a stretch but it's like i'm gonna Mm. go here here's a thrill because you can look at a picture of someone it's a safe thrill well then looking at the picture makes it a little more real i was going to say that the podcast the 2020 reports dateline all that shit while it is real or the fiction it's also relatively safe you're somewhat removed from it but there there is a thrill aspect of it Mm -hmm. because it could be you you think about a lot of the people who are victims. They're just they were a person. They were real, and yeah. you could kind of put yourself in that position. And I think there's that that stirs some kind of feeling and also a relief that it wasn't you. I think looking at the the gory pictures is similar, and maybe it's a little bit more of you know I don't know what's released adrenaline. I assume. Yeah, you know, I wonder. So, you know, there's that theory um, that tech, like the in the within the future, technology will be so advanced that we as humans will no longer feel pain or suffer at all because we'll always be like in a state of bliss because we're trying to avoid all of that. So, what people will do is take themselves off of the. The, the blissfulness, whatever is keeping them in that state. And they'll like torture themselves or like they'll do these extreme measures because they need to feel the, the pain in order to continue to experience the bliss. And so I wonder if, because we're so far removed from like what our, you know, our Neanderthal or human early man brain was sort of evolved to do and to handle on a daily basis that even though life is still very difficult uh, emotionally and whatever, and a lot of people do have, you know, hard jobs where they're, you know, physically exerting themselves a lot. And I wonder if those people like are not interested in murder stuff, you know, (laughs) because they have, they're, they're experiencing more of a spectrum of anything Whereas people like, you know, housewives who take their kids to school, are bored at home, drink wine in the evenings, bark at their kids, like watch TV, like you're not, you know, argue with your husband. You're not as you're not experiencing a full spectrum of life. And so you need to experience like the darkness like that so that you can have the opposite feeling of happiness. That very well could be. I wonder if people who are around death and murder 
I mean, even people who fought in wars, for example, and mm-hmm. watched people get killed right in front of their eyes, or if you were involved in crime in some way, and you know you were you were around a lot of death. It's probably less of an appeal to listen to these podcasts and watch these shows and read about crime, unless it was about you. Then I guess, yeah, because <laughs> there could get, be there could be a reaction from those people to sort of master the feeling, and so they continue to try and get themselves to experience that so that they can like I don't think be you in can control master of it. it. I don't think you can master it. That's why a lot of the times no, you can't. But you you that's why people repeat stuff like that. I mean, there's a there's with serial killers. Obviously, there's something going on in their heads, and they they maybe are the closest to mastering whatever those feelings are. Because mm-hmm. I feel as though you know, even firing squads when that was a way that people were executed, a bunch of people would shoot. A lot of people had blanks, or maybe everyone had bullets. I think it went a couple of ways, but I think in, in some instances, nobody really knew who fired the shot that killed the person because. That could weigh heavy on you. Or I think everyone fired the shot that killed. And then it was spread across several people. And like, okay, well, who really killed them? Who knows? Right. Uh, even that that point, it's your job. It is strange. Like back in the day before the guillotine, there was the, you know, if you were beheaded, that was still the way, the preferred way yeah. of killing someone. You had to hire an axe man. And if you weren't that rich, you, would, you couldn't pay for the best axe men. Oh, because you had to pay for you had to pay them. I thought they just like tipped them. I think uh, they tipped them. Then here you yeah, go. Yeah, I thought it was like they threw a little, you know, like <laughs> cling, like a little coin at them, and like th- make swing your axe swift. I think people who are more who are well to do could hire the better axe men. Okay, they were more they had better tools. They were more precise, and it was quicker. Yeah, and. Instead of like hacking away at somebody, but that job, that being that Oof. person, and said you take pride. I guess. If you can, if it's sanctioned by society, maybe some of the guilt, you're still taking a life. This is the thing. And I think, you know, again, people being drawn to it, it's such a powerful thing. Like if I accidentally killed someone, I fantasize constantly about killing people, but could I actually ever do it? No, because I think it would be horrific because a life is a thing that's this thing that we can't even really pinpoint what consciousness is and once it's gone you can't bring it back and taking that away and this was a person who felt and thought just like mm-hmm. you did and you could just end it and that's a power I have zero interest in it's scary and I think having that on my shoulders like wow I I, I couldn't deal with it I think though if you if you think about the like when you're talking about where beheadings were, you know, like the way uh, you experience that those people experienced death, whether it was from they, they, they had a, a closer relationship to death than we do now. And so I wonder, you know, we think about the person who is this ax wielder, you know, they must have some sort of like weird pleasure in it or they had to justify it saying that like I'm the best at it and I'll I'll kill them quickly. And maybe they suffered with the fact that they like they probably didn't because, you know, people died around them all the time. Yeah, it was Babies more, didn't live. Yeah, mothers died giving birth. People, you know, got blood poisoning and no one understood why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was a lot more death surrounding them than we have it now. Yeah. And I think like you said, putting yourself in the position thinking about these things feeling these things i think first and foremost it's just a small thrill for some people thinking about the world when you live an isolated life or a safe life i don't want to say a safe life is an isolated life uh, because do you really need to experience death and crime and horrific events to really be living i don't think so but it is built in somewhere because i would say that murder is probably a very human it's an animalistic thing it's not even human it happens all the time and if somebody comes into your realm if in the in your most basic and you don't know who they are and they come after you you're going to kill them or you may kill them proactively to protect because you don't know what they're going to do and so it is the reason they're coming after you is because they are also human and because murder is like you said like a part of being a human so to be or an animal just nature so to be away from it I guess there is still a sense of understanding. It's like, yeah, I can maybe kind of see 
how that can happen, but also how the hell can that happen? Like, who right. is the person going to do this? And I think being drawn to murder and all the crime uh, media, it is, you're thinking about, thank God I'm not the victim. I think you're thinking, thank God I'm not the perpetrator. Right. It puts you in a spot where you feel better about your existence, but you also get the small thrill that comes along with it. But it still is, it's tough for me because people listen to these things removed. You're removed from it. And again, it's relatively safe when it's on mainstream shows because they're not getting too graphic and you're not seeing all the horrors of it. You're just hearing the story. Here was a person and you empathize a little bit. But to me, I always think it's like that actually was a person and they had a family. And even thinking about the family who's still alive and this is on TV now and they have to be reminded of this. I don't, I'm not a fan of any of it. A lot of the podcasts I feel as though are still mysteries that haven't been solved. And that's something that also draws people in. Like I, oh, I'm going yeah. to, that's, I, that's something that really annoys people that listen to these murder podcasts is when they start listening, they don't know unless they Google this, the, the history of the case or whatever, but you don't know whether the mystery has been solved or, or this murder has been solved or not. And so you listen to it. And then at the end, the people doing the podcast are like, and we don't know, we still don't know who did it. And it's still a cold case. You know, they're like, fuck, I've been listening for a month to this stupid show and I still don't know. I, I still have no answers. It has spun this whole group of people, though, who then become their own sleuths and they listen yeah, to these. They go to the small towns. Yeah. They try to solve it. There, there, there are people. Some people listen and they try to solve it as they're listening. And that's the end of it. And I think that's another yeah. appeal to this. It's sure. like, OK, I'm trying to solve a mystery. A and puzzle. I'm, yeah. It's a puzzle that you're putting together in your head and you're thinking about the different outcomes of the way that this played out. Then there are the people who just have nothing else to do. Like, all right, I'm taking this upon myself. The cops aren't doing the job. This is a cold case yeah. now. Someone needs to solve it. I'll be that person. And I guess there have been instances. What was the thing uh, that don't fuck with cats? Oh, yeah. Those. Did you watch that? No. I have no interest in seeing stuff like that. I assume it was on Netflix. I did end up watching it, and it was a few yeah. episodes long. But it was a guy who broadcast, first he murdered some kittens, and that really pissed people off on a live stream or video that he posted. How did he kill them? I forget. See, this is me This is me being like, tell me the gross thing. See, I can't remember because I, I put it out of my head. Yeah, because it was too much. It's a lot. And then he ended up killing a person. And some of this, like, this was also a video was released of this. And the, the, here's still the thing. Don't fuck with cats. A, a person died. The cats died too. Both are shitty. The kittens. <laughs> I'm not saying... If it was an adult cat, I'm like, well... <laughs> you know, just as I said earlier that, you know, this is a life and their thoughts. I also realized yeah. that an animal has thoughts. It's not the same level. But I'm not one to dismiss the death of animals as... Right. I, it's painful for them just the same. We know, I, I, we, I, I can assume that. I know that it's been proven with nerves and stuff too and scientifically, but nobody actually knows what it feels like for an animal, but I assume it's very similar to the, the way we perceive pain, if not exactly the same. Okay. And, you know, that's real. That's a thing that happens, and I'm not saying that it's not horrific to, <laughs> to kill okay. the animals. And they do have their own thoughts, and there's probably fear that comes into play. So absolutely. So I mean, fear is not just a fear is is a survival uh, instinct. You need to be afraid of things so that you avoid them and don't, you know, get yourself killed. Well, that's another thing that ties into the the murder. It also right. helps you feel somewhat prepared. You kind of understand <laughs> how these people work, and that you know, the fear is another aspect of the thrill. But then it can help prepare you, and you know better. But going. Back to, to what I was saying. Now I actually forgot my point about the uh, the cats. Yeah, I can't kill I'm, the person. Yeah, I don't remember what I was going to say. Well, I I I, I want to say that um, I saw a video of a cat that found its way through a zoo and into a lion like exhibit, whatever that's called, that environment where they live. Um, and they chased it and they like tore it to pieces. <laughs> and I knew that this video was that video. And I 
couldn't help but like I wanted to see it. And then I was really sad because the kit, like the, it wasn't like a fully grown cat. It was like a middle, it was like a teenage cat, you know, it was like still little sort of. And I was like, man, nature's fucked up. And then that night, um, it was like there was like a wind advisory here in Maryland. It was super windy and the trees were really going. And I had, it was, I was uh, in my bed and I was, had the lights off and I was watching the wind and I kept thinking about the squirrels had had built their nests and they probably have babies right now because it's spring. And I think people are like squirrels are having babies. And I started to really, my brain was starting to spin out about like the squirrels and their babies are going to fall from the nest. How are they going to be? Are they going to be okay? I don't know. How do I, should I go out there? And, and like, I started to sort of freak out and I was like, listen, if they fall from the tree, that is nature. Nature is fucked up. It still stinks. I found those baby squirrels back in September, I think it was, right. on the sidewalk. For first, I found one, and then another one was in the street. And, and what do you do with this? And calling around and looking online to just leave them, because the mother may come back for them, but maybe yeah. not. And I thought leaving them on the ground was dangerous, so I built this little shelf for them i took a tupperware container and put a rice sock in there that was heated so they'd stay warm and i nailed it to a tree and the mom never came back i have to they she never came back and i just i refused to walk down that block for months and because we are disconnected from death what what do you mean disconnect i was avoid i didn't want to see the dead baby squirrels because it hurt my No, but if we were more connected with it you'd be like man that sucks but you know no, I, I don't. That'll happen. I, yeah, that does happen, but I don't think that's a disconnect. I think maybe it's a very connected to it. No, like, because you couldn't handle that. This sometimes happens, and instead you have to like it solve it. And I'm not saying you're wrong for that. I would want to do the same thing. No, it doesn't need to happen. That's the the thing. And nature does happen. You're right. This happens all the time. There are dead birds yeah. all over the place right now. Baby birds. It's spring and whatever's going on. I've seen many of them and i know that have you? i know no part of this is that's why these animals have so many babies it's like there's just built in it's like some are going to die and right. we just need to you know it's like tadpoles how many tadpoles grow into frogs it's just sheer numbers right but or the cicada thing that's about to happen yeah well those things are they're pointless <laughs> they, they do, where do they live they don't live i know they're underground for years and years and years 17 years but they yeah. come out for like 6 weeks yeah they're dead but they come out to just Start the cycle over. Oh my god! And they just—they're gonna leave their fu- I, I I watched this v- Vimeo video about these cicadas, and it's and they it it's done in this very artistic way. It has like really nice music behind it, but I was mostly going like, "Oh god, no!" It was so gross. You were supposed to be watching it and like appreciating, like, "Isn't nature amazing?" But I was just like, "Ew, fucking." disgusting they're gonna leave their disgusting carcasses all over everything yeah Ugh. and you live right there in the middle of it so it's all happening around me there it's gonna be here have have fun with that enjoy it <sighs> sit out on your God. porch and enjoy the the cicadas. i'm gonna be like sweeping it's gonna be it's it's, it's like billions of them ba billions yeah it's just numbers and they re- they procreate and that's it like a, what is it a mayfly lives one day it's like what the hell's the point but when you break it down 80 years for a human's stupid too it's like what's the point yeah you put all this time and effort to building something only because why we're smart we have to occupy our minds and we are supposed to be separate from the animals right. and that's why i think murder amongst people it's like hey yeah we know that nature is harsh people don't it, it, you're right that people don't realize how harsh it is the squirrel thing to wrap that up, I ended up walking past and the nails in the tree were still there, but the Tupperware was gone. So I don't know. Uh. Either they died and someone ripped it down or someone saw them in there and said, I'll raise these things. Who knows what happened? And I don't need to know. And the point I was going to make earlier when we were talking about animals that I forgot my train of thought. It's like, yeah, oh. I, I eat meat, but if I looked into it too much, if I actually watched the slaughter, I think it could easily turn me off from ever. Yeah. I, it's, it's maybe fucked up that I choose to avoid it and someone who is behind a vegetarian cause would say or especially uh you know like a political stance about it anyway yeah it's like that's the problem that you're avoiding it if you did watch these things you may not eat meat anymore and i know that and i'm selfishly making the choice to not look too deeply into it because i don't know i enjoy eating meat though 
There was one time I got stoned and got some chicken. And I, I thought as I was eating it stone, if I think about what I'm eating too much, I could, this could ruin chicken forever. And it almost got there as I was yeah. eating the flesh of another animal. Or when you get a rotisserie chicken and it's a carcass, it's like you tear it apart. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking beast. But that's part. That's the thing that we're removed from. You have, we, we are removed from where our food comes from. And I think that if you, if you look into it and you say, all right, Factory farming is fucked up. You know, I don't I don't know how well these animals are treated, especially now that we know that like pigs are pretty intelligent, you know, like but we still choose to treat them poorly or whatever. Like, I understand if it if it's something like that. But the fact that we eat meat and that. You know, we're not the ones killing the animal. That's that's fine. We just don't we're just too removed from it. I think that if you. Listen, like, okay, I was thinking of uh, Charlotte's Web, the movie, the cartoon, not the anything new, fuck anything new. Um, And the first thing like that, you know, when Wilbur was born, he was the runt of the litter. And the dad was like, here's a shotgun. Like, I'm going to take the pig and kill it in the back because it's the runt. Like, nobody gives a shit about the runt. And she didn't want that to happen. But from a farmer's perspective, who is farmers are really connected with nature. And they're like, yeah. I got to kill this thing. It's not a big deal. It's not like they enjoy it. And I'm sure that they're like, that's a shame, but they're connected to death because, you know, you know, cows and pigs and whatever are born stillborn. They got to take that away. You know, maybe an animal can't get out of its mother. And so the mother dies. Like they're way more connected. Like farmers don't give it like when, when um, animal farmers hear about uh, like conjoined twins, they're like, yeah, big deal. Like, I have a cow right now with, you know, six legs. It's just like, I've seen it. I've seen it all. It's not, it's nothing for them because they are more connected with the realities of I wasn't arguing nature. that before that they're, you know, being connected, disconnected, me being, I was saying I was connected to death in a different way where I think about it and I think about what it actually is and the implications of it. Uh, so I do think there's a different type of connection. You're saying that I'm not connected because it bothers me. That's not... Yeah. You know, that's not what I was trying to say. And I'm not arguing that there's, you know, that, yes, you become used to it. I think when it comes to animals, there's especially, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? you just not numb, but, you know, oh, you become somewhat. It's a different it, category. Or? It just, it's just commonplace. It's like, sure, right. this is what I do. And in a world where you're, you're looking for food and it's scarce. Sure. Yeah. Killing your own You got to wring that squirrel's neck so you can eat tonight. Yeah, I think that I would do that if I had to because when you get hungry and it's your own survival, those instincts kick in. But when it comes to murdering people and humans, I don't know if people could really get used to it. And that's what we were talking about before. People mm-hmm. who are around death of other people aren't necessarily interested in it, I don't think, anymore. Well, what we said was it would be interesting to see if if there's like who if if the people who fought in a war, for example, and watched uh-huh. all the death, if they would want to watch a show on 2020 about a murder. I I don't know if a study like, like that's like ever been done. Workers or something or. Yeah, but that's different. You know? That's old age death. It's not yeah. a life being torn apart and ripped to shreds. Yeah. So I don't know if they I think they get used to just seeing old people die and say this is the way it goes. And maybe that makes them feel a little better about their own eventual demise when they get old. But I think that's a totally mm-hmm. different thing because that's something that's not out of place. That's not a murder. You know, right. It makes a, sense as far as our life cycle or something. Yeah, that's a totally different thing. It's not the ending of a life when it, people didn't expect it to end. And, right. you know, I don't think people become used to it except for serial killers. And for whatever reasons they love, like, I cannot imagine the power that comes with it. It's not something I want. You kill someone before you kill someone, the fear, if you're torturing them, like you're really Ugh, getting yeah. off of this shit. And I don't I don't have any interest in holding that kind of power over anyone. But Well, I th- I think those those podcasts have sort of uncovered that a lot of serial killers had um head trauma, not just other tra- along with other traumas, but had some instance of head trauma as a child. And so I think part of that could be like brain injury 
And that may be part of it. So yeah, it's hard to understand because it's something that I, is inherently I, flawed with your <laughs> with someone's brain. Yeah, I don't know enough about that to speak to it too much, but you know, I, I think it's a fair assessment to say most people have something going on. The connections yeah. in their head aren't the same as the connections in a normal person's would, head. Though, you know, yeah. fantasizing about it. I'm talking about how I have no, zero desire for that power, but there are times when, you know, I, I brought this up before, uh, but there was like a guy one day yelling. Uh, this is when I was dating uh, Christina, who was Puerto Rican, and he didn't like that she was dating a white guy, and he yelled in Spanish, and I didn't know what he said, and she told me, and I got really pissed, and I, was, I went to find him. I'm like, what is I going to do if I found him? Yeah. But in my mind... I had this fantasy where I like stabbed him in the neck with a pen and his blood splattered all over me. And I didn't care. And I stood there as he's gasping and the fears in his eyes. And he thinks this guy doesn't even care. He's covered in my blood and it's not even, it's like, really? What do you think? It's <laughs> one, <laughs> one, I would never stab anyone in the neck with a pen. Yeah. And two, if I did, I don't think I would stand there stoically and let the blood rain upon me. Right. I don't. I what don't, a weird. What a like an intense fantasy. <laughs> yeah, because it's a power thing at that point, and it's yeah. it, it's where and I don't know if talking about that makes people think what the fuck you're fucked up. I don't think so. I think everyone to an extent you have murder fantasies. You probably don't. But <laughs> um, <clears throat> I uh wanted to poison someone once. Yeah, I had fantasies of like slipping something into their drink that they kept in the fridge because they were making everyone's lives miserable. Who was, was like, this? I'll just, I, I'm not going to say, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought like not to kill them, Oh, I know, who but this just is. to like incapacitate them for a while so that we can all have a nice time I know. because you're really fucking things up. I know who this is. What okay. kind of, what kind of poison did you research poison at that point? No, I just thought of something like, I don't know. Maybe like Windex or something. If you if you do research poison, make sure you yeah. use a Tor browser and a VPN. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not... I, I would do it on my... I wouldn't ever Google anything. I'm just <laughs> saying, I, if you're going to do it... Yeah. <laughs> cover, <laughs> okay. cover your tracks. Windex, you. which is what? Pretty much ammonia. Uh-huh. You can mix it with bleach and create a mustard gas. That's true. Which just at household cleaning. Be careful. I did that once. I didn't. I didn't realize what was happening. Did you get I was sick? Like, I'm dizzy. Yeah, don't don't mix the two. But oh, this is when I was like 20. I didn't know. I, I still feel as though that should be something that's told because these are two common yeah. items, and I I only stumbled upon it when I bought ammonia once uh-huh. to as a cleaning solution for the bathroom, and I don't remember what I was looking up specifically about ammonia, but in that reading, I came across don't mix it with the bleach, and I said I had no clue. That should be something oh, that is told. It should be. So people don't find out the hard way. But anyway, you wanted to poison someone. That was the only time. See, I have these fantasies, yeah. and they're not always murder, but I've talked about people on the train blasting their music and me being given the authority to break their knees. First, oh, I you thought you wanted to like cut their Achilles sure, tendon the, or something. Yeah, something. Like it, it's like to teach them a lesson. The only way I think people really learn lessons is if you hurt them, and that's just terrible because I don't really believe that. Because I know, you really sound like, the joker <laughs> but you know that was the idea with spanking children it's like they're not going to take to anything unless you spank them and i don't believe yeah. in that so right you know but I, I for whatever reason if you get to a point where you're just so not thinking about other people in your life i think with children spanking is pointless and sure it's the easy path in your mind i see i on paper but i think the harder thing is to teach children you know to think about their existence and how they fit in to think about other people, but also not completely tip over and not think about your own needs. And it's a hard process because they have underdeveloped brains and they're not grasping these concepts and you just have to yeah. stick to it and keep doing it and doing it. People don't want to do that. And so spanking became the easy thing. But I do think yeah. as a, at a certain point well, and spanking stops the behavior in the moment, but not long term. Yeah, because who, you're not teaching them how to deal with anything. No, and yeah, who knows what what's the motivator then? Fear that they're going to be hurt again. That fear is a terrible. Fear is a motivator. It's yeah. and it can it can get certain things done, but it's not going to have any positive effects. And in workplaces, for example, I think fear is a terrible motivator. Oh, you may lose yeah. your job, 
It's like, okay, you're not going to get the best out of people if you're using fear. It's the worst motivator yeah. in, in that instance. But you get to a certain age, I think that if you're so far gone, you're not thinking about other people that maybe a busted kneecap or a slit Achilles heel is the <laughs> Hobbling only way. them for life. <laughs> hey. <laughs> for playing their music too loud. Well, this is after they're told, hey, or asked, please don't, the other people don't want to hear this shit. You're not the only, yeah. listen in your ears and your AirPods. And if they don't do it, then you have to, but look, again, would I actually be able that's, to do that's that? That's fear motivation. <laughs> sure. I'm not arguing that it's not. A lot of things are fear motivation. The going to jail is fear motivation. Sure. You're, don't do these things else you're going to be locked up. So it's still used. Right. It has, I don't know, it has a certain effective rate to it. I don't know what it is. But the point is when I'm doing these things in my fantasies, the things I can't do in real life, and also I've been sanctioned to do them. It's like the city has oh, said. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> You've been dispatched. This is allowed. You're allowed to yeah. do this. And you're not going to get in trouble. There's no repercussions. You have a certificate <laughs> that says... Okay. That you're, you're the patrol. You're the patrol. Uh-huh. So that even in the fantasy, there's that. Though I have had the the other fantasy of being on a plane and someone starting to like try to break into the cockpit, and I just calmly get up and take off my shoelace and strangle them, and then sit back down and start reading a book. Woo! So you you really like the idea of doing something calmly because even in your other thing, well, okay, on the subway you're sanctioned, so you're calm. Uh, when you're going to find that guy who yelled at you in Spanish, let the blood on you. Like you're, doing, you're very calm in all of your scenarios. Because that's the fantasy. The fantasy is the fantasy is not what reality is. I'm not a calm person. Yeah. So these yeah. things I would be in such panic if anything happened like that. I, actually, I can't say that. I don't know for sure. I do think <laughs> on a hijacked plane, I would remain relatively calm. Would I just go up? If I could go strangle the person, but it wouldn't be as calmly as I thought. And I'm sure that it would haunt me after the fact. In the fantasy, it's more than just taking care. It's it's not killing a person. It's There's a job yeah. to be done. I'm going to do that job. And it's going to get the adoration of everyone else. And they're going to say, wow, the guy just did it. He didn't think about it. He didn't overthink. He didn't worry. There's no anxiety. See, this is the fantasy. It's not the murder. <laughs> this is. The you know what it reminds me of is uh, coming to America when uh, Samuel Jackson is trying to rob the McDowell's or whatever. And. Uh, Akeem, like, calm. He's like, you know, I'll be forced to thrash you. You must put down your weapon. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they just, like, calmly kick his ass. Yeah. It's cool to watch and it think cool, about. It's cool, yeah. There's some appeal <laughs> to it. And maybe there's an appeal. I'm not saying people want to be serial killers, but there's at least an interest in the way that they don't have any of that. It's like, wow, right. this person just goes and does that and toys around with authorities. And, you know, it's awful. But... Just as though the fantasy for me isn't the actual killing of the guy on the plane. Right. It's all the things around it. It's me being a person who's not overthinking or anxious. Right. Okay, I'm just doing the job. <laughs> the job needs and to be for, done. And, and I think for a serial killer, especially somebody who like tortures and uh, like you said, like toys with authorities and stuff like it, it probably feels really powerful. And maybe they felt very powerless for a long time. Well, of course, I think they drink the power they love the power but yeah. the appeal the you know the, the people who are into it i think that interests them they, you can yeah when you're consuming it again if it's not you're not too connected and you're not seeing the gore you can say okay that's a person that died and you know death is still around us because the local news only reports on it and makes it seem like it's a lot worse than it really is right yeah so it does seem to be present in our lives but because we've become somewhat attuned to it, I think it's easier to separate. And then you can just look at the the serial killer for that being that person. Like, who, who can do such a thing? Right. Because it is confusing, right, for your brain, like for, for your mind. Yeah, because it's most hard, people couldn't do it. Yeah. Because like, I, right. who the fuck could pull something like that off? How? Right. Would you be okay with that? And that's part of the appeal, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as far as crime rates go, it's like I know New York was bad uh, you know the murders in new york in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s if you think about it 
and I know we were young, but I just remember New York being presented as this god awful place. And I know it wasn't good. The you know the city's infrastructure was failing, and it was right. almost bankrupt in the seventies. And uh, yeah. and then the murder it rate was a more dangerous place. Well, the murder rate was high. The highest murder rate was nineteen ninety. It was two thousand two hundred forty five murders. Wow. But it's still a city of eight million people. How many murders? 2,245. Oh, that seems kind of low. That's what I mean. This is the height of bad yeah. New York. And still 2,245 people killed. Like, as a, That's well, a lot of people. But if you think about how many people, what was the population then? It was still probably around 8 million. Okay. Maybe been high, seven and a half, high sure, 7 still. millions. And so 2,245 in 1990. And then, you know, at this point, 2,000 since I've been here. We're down to 200. Well, 2018 was 289. That looks to be the, oh wow. Looks to be the lowest. 289 murders in a city of eight million. Yeah. Uh, last year was 462. For whatever reason, crime went down overall in New York, but murders did go up. People huh. were bored, I guess, <laughs> with COVID and tired of being <laughs> inside. Yeah. You know, and then Atlanta, for example. In all right, so 2016, I have some stats. New York in 2016 was 335 murders, and that's you know eight million people. And then Atlanta in 2016 was 111 murders, but Atlanta's population is actually only like 500,000 at the high oh, point. Oh yeah, as a city, when you're reporting statistics and the population, so that ratio is much worse than yeah, it's way worse. New York's. The rap for it is way different. Like people feel like New York is much more dangerous than Atlanta. Do they now? I know. I don't know what the perception of New York is outside of people who live here now, because I never felt I I felt more uncomfortable in Atlanta than I ever have in New York. Once I had a friend who had his wedding in Piedmont Park, and then we went to that bar that's near the art cinema in Midtown. What's the one that's yeah. there? Highlander? Is that what's down in there? Something, yeah. And then I walked back to my hotel at 1.30 in the morning drunk that was in Midtown, and I cut through Piedmont Park, and I, I was like, oh, I don't know. It's just because it's empty. Part of it's like there's no one yes, around. there's no one around. And it just feels strange. So you feel more exposed, whereas in New York, people are on the street, and it's like, I don't know, this is just the way you get around here. So it doesn't right. feel... As there are more there are more normal people who are also in the same boat as you are who are just trying to get somewhere at an odd time of night who knows the circumstance and then if something happens you do feel a little bit more protected as opposed to if something happened in Atlanta there's no one around to be like hey 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 <laughs> and stop what's happening you know exactly and the deterrent of other people is nice to think about the truth is Maybe someone would step in, but also if something was happening here and it wasn't happening I to know, you. I know people just walk back. Like, like uh, I'm going to keep going. Like, yeah. I saw a guy on the street the other day just laying there on his back. I didn't yeah. know if he was alive. It was in the middle of the sidewalk. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What would I do? Maybe he's just asleep. I don't want to wake him. See, that's the thing. So, so just like you are con- more connected with, uh, the the sort of sadness that you see in New York as far as like the homeless people uh, where you see it and you ignore it a little bit. Yeah. Because, Whereas like yes. someone from out of town would be like, oh, oh, God. No, there was a time my mom and sister came and the cops were arresting a guy who was face down on the sidewalk being handcuffed and we kind of just stepped over him because he was laid across right. the sidewalk. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do at that point? <laughs> the police were there at that point. but Yeah. But, it, you know, it's similar. It's it, you don't know. You don't. You you weigh your options. Like maybe that person needed help, or maybe they're already. I think the idea is either they're already dead, in which case I can't do anything, so I'll keep going. Uh-huh. It's too still to need help. I feel like someone needed help who would, they'd be flailing around. So right. I'm eliminating that. Like if he were there and in pain, then I think you're more likely to stop and what's going on and try to help. But it's like zero movement. Either the person's dead. Or they're asleep, and if they're asleep in the middle of the sidewalk, it's probably a person I don't want to wake up. Right. <laughs> so that's that's the thought that goes into it. But and going back to Atlanta, though, it's like if you're walking in the middle of the night and you come across someone who's also walking, it's not the way you get around in Atlanta for the most part. So right, you think, what's your deal? Why are you doing this? 
then that that's you know you come across people all the time at all hours in new york but it's just common that's how people get around walking so you don't think that they're up to something so there is a there's a different feeling so new york is a pretty safe place you still you still look i got hit in the head by a crazy person several months ago just because i got too close to them and i do want to say it was like it was a punch but it was an open hand punch it wasn't a slap though because it wasn't a swinging motion it was a straightforward motion so it was an open hand (laughs) straightforward into my temple and i will say my fantasy of being calm i was carrying a giant thing of toilet paper i uh i went towards them and i was very silent and i just Mm -hmm. moved towards them and as i i cornered them and then they freaked out like an animal that's cornered and started screaming and then some other guy walked by and said, it's not worth it. And I thought, you're right. So it snapped me out of it. Because yeah. what was I really going to do? I didn't That's want- cool of that person. Who said it's not worth it. Yeah. That because- was like a little angel. Yeah, because the person obviously isn't right in their mind. And what? What? Right. why do I need to fight them? Because it bruised my ego that I got hit in the head? Sure. Yeah. They said, but what am I proving and to who? To me? Look, I'm going to beat this person up now. Or- I try to beat them up and then they beat me up or stab me. It's like this. Yeah, what, who knows? What are the outcomes? The best outcome is I beat the person up and then then I feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do I, you know, it's the, you, it's the, you. it's the idea that everyone applauds me on the plane for saving their right. lives. But in this instance, nobody cares. So. <laughs> it's like and it just, would just be something you think about. Yeah. So you just walk away. And yeah. I still thought about it. It's like, ah, uh, but you know, I was interested in my response that it did actually become calm. Like, I didn't get really pissed. I was angry, uh-huh. but it felt like this very manageable, steady anger. And I just slowly moved towards the person, all the while carrying this big thing of toilet paper. <laughs> but Like, I'm going to wipe my ass later with this. But first, I'm going to beat you up. I think it gave me confidence that in a situation where you have, like, if it came down to you having to yeah. Yeah. do some act that I would have, and that was good enough for me. Because I didn't sure. have to in that one. And and so, as it yeah. pertains to killing someone, I I don't know. I I think that if it got to a point where it was my life or the life of someone I loved and cared about or the other person's life, I could do it. I think I could, but I, I after it would fuck me up. Of course, it would. Even if you were justified, I think it would yeah. haunt me the rest of my life. I have difficulty um, thinking about choking someone. Or like in um like in movies like in uh Inglorious Bastards when you know the dude's like choking like Von Hammersmock, the lady. I think it's too intense. It's too scary. It's almost like a rape because you're facing them typically and you know, not like when you garret somebody, you know, from behind, you know, with your shoelace on the plane. Or a, but, or a piano wire that I just carry yeah, in my pocket. Yeah, piano wire. Because <laughs> I always have piano wire yes, on me. For this reason. Don't you feel like piano wire would like cut through someone and like not be big enough to like choke them? Uh, it depends on what uh, key. Okay, <laughs> don't get the get don't the, get the high keys. You got a no. low key. Yeah, go the lower, the thicker or bass guitar sure. string. Okay. <laughs> don't go, anyway, don't go with a rhythm guitar. Like that's what disturbs me is is being it's it's like an intimate violency violency. It's an intimate Violence. violent thing and it that's that kind of scares me so i think that that's that's what i think about when you talk about um realizing that this was a person and they were alive and now they're not and they had a life well, you, you bring dead. up rape and even though that's not murder it's just as horrific because you're forcing it is a complete power play and the right, other person yeah. is so helpless and they can't do anything about it and they're just stuck there and like you said it's such a violation of space and intimacy. And there's, a, there's, Body. A, there's a gross intimacy to it. Like it's not right. one that's appealing, but like you're that close that, you know, that's why it does rank up there too. It's like, and then the person's alive and has to live with that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You like murder their soul instead of their body. Yeah. And like, I, you know, there isn't much appeal to that, thank God. I don't know why. This is a weird thing to talk about, and I'm not saying that I want there to be interest in, in rape, and the response to it is exactly mm-hmm. where it needs to be. 
But it's like nobody has any interest in that. A murder, it's like, eh, well, yeah, the person was ripped apart. I guess because there is something to be said about it was bad for that person, but they're not around anymore to have to deal with the repercussions right. of it. There's no after event. There's no brain that then has to try to make sense of what happened. Yeah, because a lot, I mean, a lot of those murder podcasts do include, you know, the torture aspect of like serial killers and stuff. So that typically involves rape. Yeah. Trigger warning. We need to put a trigger warning on this one. No, I just, I just, the, uh, you know, the whole. Sometimes people get like freaked out about just talk about it, you know. I guess there's a point with there's enough torture in when you're listening to these things, maybe the murder to the people who are into them is the relief. It's like, okay, the person was let go. Yeah. But see, I I don't, I don't like thinking about those things. I know it's horrible. I can't do anything with kids. Like I can't, I don't want to know any, I don't want to know any details about, first of all, I don't really listen. I don't listen to those murder podcasts at all, but I especially don't understand how people can listen to ones about kids. I can't, I can't handle that. Like the mother no who drives her kids off the bridge. Yeah. Into the like, river. No. Yeah. We, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to, I don't want to even continue this conversation about it because it's too horrific. And yeah. that's the thing where, and, and, and even listening to murder podcasts in general to me is too much because I, then I start thinking about like the victims and the perpetrators as like children and I think, like, what happened to them? You know, like, okay, so the person that's dead, they at some point, you know, they have a life and, and, and that was taken and that's upsetting also. And then I start thinking about the, the, what the person, like, what the murderer must have gone through to get them to that place. And they were once children and they were once abused and neglected and horribly mistreated. And then I'm sad about that, too. It's like all too much. And I don't understand how people can be so fascinated with it. I don't get it. I think that is some of the appeal, though. That's part of the appeal. Again, you know, all the things we listed, the reasons why, it's another one. It's not just one thing that draws people to it. And trying to figure that out, thinking about what it's like to be the person not just who is killed, but who is doing the killing. Yeah. Is is something that draws people in. But uh, like you, I'm not into them. I don't I don't really like to think about them too much. Uh, maybe it's the avoidance. Same thing as eating meat. These things do exist, but I'm, right. I'm powerless in them. And I don't like that feeling. So therefore, I, I'm going to stay away from it. I'm, I'm not powerless. Yeah. Well, I'm also, you know, let's say I got to the point where I don't eat meat. I have the choice to not eat meat, but the animals are still being killed. So right, that's it's like true. I, I, if I really felt so strongly about it, as strong as I as I think I could feel, that's a very helpless feeling. Like, well, that's still going to happen, and then I guess that's why some people become so extreme in it because they are trying. They feel to, like they have to. They're trying to find some power. Yeah, like I can yeah. stop this. Maybe I just, but I have to be harsh about it because it's the only way people are going to pay attention if if, if I slit their Achilles heel. It's the only way <laughs> right. they're going to listen. These are the, these are the things, and you didn't even mention Murder Kroger. I thought I thought oh. the reason that you brought this up is because of the Murder Kroger in Atlanta. And I know most people who listen to the show live in Georgia and probably know of the Murder Kroger in Atlanta. It was a Kroger grocery store where there was a murder. I think what was it? At first, someone found the body in a trunk that had yeah, been there. Yeah, I think a there while. were three murders total. Yeah, and then so like be- in the parking lot. Yeah, I think, it, be- it became the murder Kroger, and then there was another murder, and then so it just reinforced the murder Kroger. Then the the murder Kroger closed down and renovated to try to shake the murder Kroger, and then as soon as they reopened, someone was shot in their car and killed. Right. And so, but now it's called the Beltline Kroger, which well, is inaccurate. Well, they knocked it down completely. Now it's at the bottom of some fancy multi-use complex. But Ugh, it's, it's it'll always be murder Kroger. And you have a T-shirt that has the Kroger font on it. In logo, yep. except it says murder. It says murder. <laughs> but no, there are no Krogers here in Maryland. So no one understands what the reference is. So I just walk around with a shirt that says murder on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people probably think it's like a political <laughs> statement or something. <laughs> it is. That is funny. She just wears a shirt that says murder in some fancy murder. font. I don't yep. know what it is. I don't get it. All right. Well, I have to go to therapy now. I have to go do the thing that... <laughs> Reinf- to shake off the feeling of this podcast. Yeah. Well, 
Right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe, rate and review. We should start looking at the reviews. We haven't looked in a while. Um, so we'll do that. Anyway, uh, support our sponsor, hoffandpepper.com. You can get 50% off if you use the code ONETOPIC15. They have a really amazing hot sauce. It's local in Chattanooga. And, oh, it's like everywhere now. It's going into Whole Foods. Uh, Damn. I know. I think There's a lot of places that are getting it. So, you know, look in your local stores for hot sauce. It's really great. Anyway, or use our code. Get 15% off. Thanks. Bye. Bye.